Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of Locked on Seminoles. As you know, today is Friday and it's of a game week, so you know we have another Know Your Foe series with the one and only Mr. A.J. Black from Locked on Boston College. Today we'll discuss their expectations coming into the year, the transition from Steve Adagio, Jeff Halfley, how they feel with Phil Dracoa coming back after spelling Dance Grossell once the Cinderella carriage went, came to a pumpkin, and how they feel about this game this upcoming Saturday. So, folks... Let's dive on in and join with myself and Mr. AJ Black from Locked On BC. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome back to another edition of Locked on Seminoles. As I said earlier, it's your boy Drake. I'm Ryan Solo today. I'm joined by Mr. AJ Black from Locked on Boston College. AJ, how's it going, my guy? Hey, it's going great. It's a um, it's a Thursday evening here up in New England. It's cold, um, and uh, it's getting starting to feel like winter around here. Have you always been in the BC area, like the, the New England area? Yeah, I've lived up in Massachusetts my entire life, and I live probably about a half hour west of them right now. Okay. Okay, that's cool. That's cool. So before we dive on in to get to know the team, I kind of want to let the folks know a little about AJ, the person. Could you give them a little bit of your background before we, you know, dive on into the X's and O's? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm a, uh, I got my, my master's at Boston College in 06, um, and I've worked for BC. I grew up a BC basketball and football fan. I met my wife, um, who is also a BC grad. Um, we got married at BC. <laughs> so you can see the theme. I worked for BC <laughs> for a while. Um, and then, I mean, we had our son's um, pictures done at BC. It's a big thing for us. And so I did that for a long time. Just, you know, I did the whole SB Nation, like being a fan type of thing. Now I work for, um, I have my own site, BC Bolton, part of SINA at Sports Illustrated and the Fan Nation Network, where I cover Boston College all the time. Damn, man, this we got the perfect guy for the BC stuff right now. Even though I will also say you for you did leave out that AJ is on Locked On ACC on Wednesdays with Candace Cooper on Locked On Network as well. He does the power rankings, even though I do have a little bit of umbrage with your ranking sometimes, my guy, but we'll do, we can discuss that off air. Hey, at a I am, time. and I hope <laughs> I'm on the right bandwagon here because I have defended Mike Norvell all year long. You, I will say you are probably one of the few people, including <laughs> our own show, that have defended the matches they won, if we're being honest here. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> oh, man, but let's get to know a little more about BC because that's what the folks are actually here for. And one of the big things that I actually wasn't a college football fan up until I actually got the floor state 2011. And one of the big things I saw that you guys always had, I knew that Matt Ryan was there, but when I was in college, you guys, Oh, you guys were a little more known for your running backs, like an and Andre Williams, and then AJ Dillon for a few years ago. And mm-hmm. I kind of look, look towards that. And then what actually is the identity of kind of BC football? Cause it's not, you guys aren't perennially a top tier football school, but so like, what exactly are your expectations coming into year in and year out? So, I mean, right now, when I projected on uh, Locked on a, uh, BC earlier this year, what I expected BC to be under Phil, with Phil Dracovic at quarterback and a returning offensive line, I had them at nine wins. That's including a bowl game. So I, I think that right now is where we're hoping the program goes is to like a nine win team um, because they did do that for a while under Tom O'Brien back in the, um, in the, in the 2000s. But BC for about, Oh, so it's 12, 13 years under Frank Spaziani and Steve Adazio had some really lean years. 
you know, mm-hmm. Adazio was fine, but he really limited, like lowered the bar in terms of what our expectations were because he, BC just became the six and seven win team. They just could not get past that hump. So uh, the AD Martin Jarman, who's now at UCLA, um, he decided after the 2019 season that, you know, Adazio's done. We got to figure out something else because it's just, you know, we're just kind of spinning our gears here. He goes and hires Jeff Halfley. They bring in this offensive system, right? So you're right. They go away from the power running. Um, but what they're doing, they brought in Phil Dracovic, a, a blue chipper from Notre Dame. He wasn't playing there because Ian Book kind of had that spot taken. You know, last year he looked good. He looked like a promising quarterback. And, you know, he comes out at the beginning of the season, looks dynamic, but it's against Colgate. And, you know, he scores a bunch of touchdowns. Second game of the season, he gets in this fluky injury where he breaks his wrist and it looks like his season's gone. And, you know, it was, you know, BC fans were, it was devastating because, you know, all the expectations of the season just kind of went down the toilet because, Here's your, you know, potential NFL quarterback. I mean, I've heard, you know, he's 6'5", 250, that people are comparing him to, to Ben Roethlisberger out there, and he's gone. And so all of a sudden, BC starts playing like crap. They, they mm. lose like four, I think it was four straight ACC games. The offense just cannot get out of its own way. Dracovic comes back out of the blue. Like a you know, nine shining armor. <laughs> oh, it was, it was the craziest story because I was covering it and I started getting buzzed and like BC was like, they had closed practices. They were like not saying anything. And then all of a sudden some people were like, Hey, my roommates like friends with someone on the football team. They say Jacobic's coming back this weekend. And everyone had said he would be gone for the year. Like it, it was doubtful. He was going to be returned. Halfley said he wouldn't return. Jacobic thought he wouldn't be back. Virginia tech game happens and he comes out and people go nuts. The offense hasn't gotten there. You know, he didn't practice all week. Um, He, you know, it wasn't just there yet, but last week you saw what Boston college could do when they played Georgia tech. And he had five total touchdowns. Three of them aren't rushing, which I was stunned. He looks, he looks like he lost weight and he can throw the ball. So it's, it's the offense flows through him when he wasn't there. They just couldn't figure it out. They couldn't get things going. He is the offense, and he can do a million different things to hurt you. And then, like, I mean, that kind of shows because you guys were super competitive. Actually, once Djokovic did get hurt, I know Dan's Dan still isn't like someone you really want your backup, but you guys still actually, I mean, you guys beat Missouri, and that's like one of the bigger things to actually with him under center, and as well as right. I know you had that four game stretch, but it shows how resilient and how how much of like sort of his mentality, his character he brought from Ohio State as the DC over there to now being the head coach of BC. So kind of want to ask you, like, what was the transition from a Steve Adazio, the football guy of guys being dudes? Like, I remember that famous video. <laughs> and I think it, for, that's, a, that's a great video, folks. You just check that out. Guys being dudes, Steve Adazio, to a Jeff Halfley, who you can tell that even from last year to the way he was handling all the, you know, we're not going to a bowl game. We qualify, but we want to be back with our fans. Like, how can you uh, discuss that transition, like, culturally? Oh, so it's totally different. Now, if you want me to go from what, I, you know, like what Adazio I know of, <laughs> like he hated me, like hated me. I was referred to as a bunch of names that I don't want to say on an air that's supposed to be PG. So he, uh, <laughs> um, he was a, he was a bully and, you know, he played football like that old, you know, uh, gym teacher style, like, you know, smash him in the mouth, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. But beneath all of that bravado, was a guy that just couldn't perform. Like he couldn't do it. And to bring that out, you see, you, you know, his situational football was terrible. You know, whenever games, I mean, just, I think back to the, I think it was 2017 against Florida state. 
um, where they had that pass at the very end of the game. That's, mm-hmm. and, and BC had the ball to, to beat them right before that. And he punted from like the Florida state 38 yard line. That was his mentality. He just, he didn't have a winning, winning mentality. This just kind of kept doing that. You bring in Halfley, a guy who is not, um, you know, he's a, co- a career coordinator. He's a younger guy. Um, and you, you, you don't know, but when you hear him talk, you heard him talk before he even played a, like coached the game and you knew it was going to be something different. The connection that he has with the players is genuine. He loves his players. He, they, they, they all say it like they're out there. Like we love each other. We're a family. And as you said, like, you know, with the, like the bowl game, like that was a, that was a personal decision that they made as a, like a group that meant a lot. And so for some fans, they were like, what the heck? This is, you know, sissy crap, blah, 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 blah. But Halfley saw that. And that just buy, gets more buy-in, right? He mm-hmm. cares about his players. He gets them going. And so that happens. And then on the field, you get the defense is starting to improve in areas. Their past defense is one of the best in the country right now, which is Halfley's bread and butter. And the the passing game, you know, they went from the ground and pound in Adazio to this new, you know, like hucking around the field and they're doing it well. So it's, it's been a, it's been a big change. And if, and if your fans ever want to listen to me, I have a segment every single Monday, uh, Tuesday, excuse me, where I play Steve, parts of Steve Adazio's newest press conferences and compare it to what he used to say at BC, because (laughs) he's at Colorado state. Now his buddy, urban Meyer uh, hired him over there when he definitely didn't deserve that job. And his press conferences are like clones of the things he used to say at BC. Um, and our fans get, can't get enough of it. <laughs> Jeff Halfley probably is the one of the rising stars actually of the program. And one of the rising stars actually across the country. Well, right. So there have been a perennial powerhouse since 1965 is McDonald's. Today's episode of locked on symbols is brought to you by McDonald's proudly serving communities since 1965. Your boy. I mean, you can tell from the video, I'm a little thicker. I'm a big double, a McChicken with an Oreo, Eminem, McFlurry, you know, between the two I choose. AJ, what's your go-to at McDonald's? Oh, sausage egg McMuffin. I love those. Ooh, sausage egg McMuffin. I'm, I like the sausage egg McGriddle. I'm one of those guys. But, folks, heading over to McDonald's right now. And you know what? We might be having a locked-on Semos watch party for the BC Semos game this Saturday. And this, it's always been more than just, you know, tasty, horrible food. It is a community center. It's a place where friends and family come together. And a big thank you to our friends at McDonald's for always being there. And as always, ba-da-ba-ba-ba. We're loving it. So now let's go from Jeff Halfley from the coaching, you know, side of things. Let's go actually toward your team in general. And we discussed earlier how basically the entire identity of your offense was sort of lost when Phil Dracovic went down. I kind of want to ask, like, how were you, were you able to kind of keep your head above water while he was out? And then what also is the identity of this offensive team that we're going to be seeing on Saturday? So they were able to keep themselves afloat for usually two quarters a game, and then it, the wheels would fall off. Um, basically the defense was making plays and they would make turnovers. They would, you know, just, they would, they would bend and not break so that, you know, the, the scores wouldn't, would, would stay relatively close. You saw it against Clemson. You saw it, um, for t- again, two quarters against Louisville, against NC state and Syracuse. But what would end up happening is the offense just could not get anything sustained going. And the third quarter just turned into, you know, the floodgates would open because the defense was just so gassed that like they just couldn't get off the field. And then they would just, you know, get Sean Tucker. He would just, you know, break arm tackles because they were just so tired. It's just a lot. It was it just got messy. Now, Dracovic comes back. This changes everything about Boston College's team, because now he, you know, he saw it against Georgia Tech. 
he he runs these uh, you know some of these uh these drives that can go five six minutes keeps the defense fresh they're not as banged up they're not as tired when it gets to the third quarter you don't have those floodgate quarters anymore on defense and he's scoring points so even if the defense who is not perfect you'll see you know when you're playing against Florida State who you know has a mobile quarterback or can you know has some speed on the outside they're going to get some plays going and they could get some points, but BC is able to, to match them. They did it against Georgia tech. Like Jameer Gibbs, you know, was faster than anyone on BC's team. And, you know, he made his plays, but BC was able to, to hit him right back. And I, that that's, that's the, the brilliance of Jakovic because he can, he right now is playing. He, he, I mean, he against Georgia tech, at least played at such a high level that like, no matter what Georgia tech was going to do, he's going to score in the next drive. And is that, is that also kind of helped out? Because I know you guys have a few, you know, players on your offense that we should be watching out for. I know Zay Flowers is the very, the big name that goes across everyone's board when thinking about, about ACC wideouts. I kind of want to look more towards Hunter Long's uh, understudy. Hunter Long, for those of you that don't know, was the BC tight end last year. Is that correct? Yep, he's at uh, with the Miami Dolphins now. He's with the Dolphins now. And yep. you guys have Trey Barry on that yep. team. How, actually, how has he performed this year? And I mainly ask that because our linebacking core, as we, we've seen over the course of the year, has been our sort of our weaker point of our defense. So how has Trey Barry performed this season? And what do you, how do you see him being utilized on Saturday? He's, he's, he's vital. And he missed a lot of time too. He got banged up. Oh, not a lot of time. I think he missed three or four weeks. He got what I thought looked like an ACL tear against Louisville. Like, you know, he got, he limped off the field, no weight on it, but he came back. Um, He's big. He's lengthy. You uh, Florida state fans would have seen him last year. He played against you um, for, mm-hmm. I think it was last year, Jacksonville state. He was their tight end. Um, and I know oh, he really? did. Yeah, he played against. Wow. I, I don't know if it was last year or the year before. I know because we were when I was talking about him on Locked On AC, uh, BC, we had mentioned that you know he had good numbers against ACC programs because I think he did pretty well in a game. Florida State, I believe, won, but he had some good stuff. So that might, might have been him then. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. So he's six five. He moves. He's going to be an NFL tight end. He's very much the same style as Hunter Long. I don't think he's as talented, but what he does is he fits really well in that offensive scheme that um, Signetti does a really nice job of, of doing rubs and moves that get these guys open. And he could be wide open on some plays. Like there was a play last week against George tech, the, the yellow jackets had BC on their own three yard line and they were just pinned back. It was third down. It was third long. They somehow Dracovic got a pass off for 30 yards to, to Trey Berry. Uh, so he is, Super valuable to this offense, and you're right. Zay is the big one, and he has a connection with Dracovic that he did not have with Grossell. Grossell could not hit him. Like that was the big issue. Was you know Zay Flowers is is so good when you hit him with the long stuff, but Dennis Grossell you know couldn't hit the broadside of a barn when he had to throw it past ten yards, and that was a big issue. So then that whole deep ball to Zay Flowers thing was gone, and now Dracovic's back and he's got the touch. And he hit him for two touchdowns this week. I believe he hit him one. Uh, he hit him for a bomb against Virginia Tech. So that will be something to watch and see how the Seminoles um, handle a, a speedy wide receiver like Zay Flowers, but also some of the complimentary guys like Trey Barry. And the other name to watch for is Jaden Williams, who is a true freshman from Texas, who's really come along. And I think he'll be a, a valuable target as well. Okay, that'll be good because actually the, we uh, we did, I don't know if you caught a little bit of the Miami game this past weekend, but yep. we kind of had the emergence of actually one of our our freshman cornerbacks in Amarion Cooper, who I, who as in the depth chart, I think that was released on Monday or t- yesterday, a uh, Tuesday, Wednesday, as we're recording this now, that he actually will be starting at Boston College. So it's actually going to be interesting to watch. Like not only we see how Zay Flowers performs, but also the Jay Williams kid 
And to end off kind of the offense side of the football, I want to talk about the big boys up front, the hog mollies, if you will, mm-hmm. mainly because that's going to be primarily where I think the game's going to be won at because our defensive line with Jermaine Johnson, uh, Fabian Lovett, and Kier Thomas are basically probably part of the elite of the ACC in the defensive line. So I kind of want to know, well, how do you guys utilize your offensive line scheming, whether it be either, is it strength of your offense? Is that where it runs through? Like, how's it, how do you guys go about that? Yeah, I mean, so I, it, again, has to do with the, with the quarterback because Jakovic moves the pocket so well that he's able to make the offensive line look really good. I, they've, they've had their ups and downs. And, you know, if you've listened to national media, you listen to the ACC network, you know, Eric McLean always praises them. Pro football focus, I think put the offensive line number two in the nation. You wouldn't see that. I, I don't see that sometimes. And the run game, sometimes it doesn't move as well as you want them to. And the reason is there are three guys on the offensive line that I would say are very good. You mentioned Alec Lindstrom, the center. Chris Lindstrom's his older brother. He's mm-hmm. a guard for the Falcons. Excellent. He'll be an NFL or next year. Zion Johnson is probably one of the best guards in the country. Um, he, he They moved him all over the place. Um, Tyler Vrabel, Mike Vrabel's son. Um, is one of the tackles and he got banged up and they moved Zion Johnson over there because Zion can do literally anything you need him to. Um, He's an athletic freak. He can do a million different things. He's awesome. He's, he's a lot of fun to watch. And when they do pulls and things like that, he's one of the most athletic guards I've ever seen. I mean, guards I've ever seen. Uh, So he's good. But then I don't want to rip on guys, but Ben Petrula and, um, and no, and Tyler Vrabel, I, I'm not sold on Vrabel. He's their left tackle. He's been banged up really badly this year. He had times where he missed and that was a disaster because the guy they had behind him did not need to see the field and it cost them a game. But Petrula, who's been on the team, I think roughly 25 years, still makes lots of dumb pre-snap mistakes. And it costs BC every single game and he's doing it still. So you know, you got three guys that are elite and Christian Mahogany. Sorry, Christian Mahogany is really good. He's a new name. He'll be a name that be, uh, that the ACC fans will be talking about like they do with Zion Johnson this year. Um, really good. Like he's he's come a long way. So they're a strength. Um, and I think with Jakovic, they'll be really good. They just they when it was the Dennis Grossell era, everything was falling apart. And the offensive line was was definitely part of that, too. And then before we go over to defense, I want kind of want to end up on this one note schematically. What does Florida State's offense have to do to sort of stifle your offense? I mean, Dennis Grossell has been out the most of the year, so there's, no, there's not too much ch- tape under COVID except for last year. So what exactly should be FSU's defensive game plan to sort of stifle it and slow down your offense? Um, they, they, they've got to take away some of the, the offensive weapons, and I think it starts with the passing game. If you make BC into a running attack and, and a one-dimensional team, you can beat them. Um, that's a bit. That's a big thing to, to say, though, because – Jakovic can run it. Pat Garwell can run it. Um, but I think if if you take away some of those targets, if you take away Zay, you take away Trey Barry, and force Jakovic to make you know go down his his reads, I I, I think he can do it. But I I haven't seen enough to say that he can definitely be a consistent quarterback against a good passing defense. Okay, okay, that's good to know. And then now, before we head on to our defense side of the ball, folks, I'd be remiss if we didn't talk about our friends over at byline.ag. AJ, are you a gambling man? I am. Well, I, I am on Bet Online. I do a lot of. I, I I've been fading hard on the. I do. I've been doing a lot of over unders on BC basketball. Let's put it that way. I have a line for you actually, yep. uh, and I want to make sure to see for official betonline.ag line of the day. Syracuse plays NC State. Do you know what the, uh, the spreads at right now? I don't. What is it? The Syrac- it's Syracuse plus 11 and a half. 
So I kind of want your, what's your thoughts on this line right now? Would you take Syracuse or the plus points? Or would you go with NC State? Or would you look more at the total? Ooh, ah, man. Uh, I, I, I'm going to go with, uh, I'm going to go with Syracuse. I'm going to go with Syracuse in that one. Um, I think it's going to be closer than 11 and a half. Um, I, they played so poorly against Louisville last week, but I, I don't know. I, I have a hard time betting against Sean Tucker against any team. I think he's, he's enough to keep it closer. I think NC State will win, but give me, give me NC State by like seven. I'm kind of right there with you. I think this line should be more like eight and a half, maybe seven and a half. We're being completely mm-hmm. honest here. So yeah, Syracuse plus 11 and a half folks is the official bellline.ag line of the day. And if you want to fight AJ for his bad pick, his Twitter is at AJ black <laughs> underscore BC. Has a previous thing on YouTube below. And once you're done with that, head on over to builtbar.com folks. Built bar has 19 delicious flavors. I'm a big cherry Barcia guy. As you've heard, Max is the peanut butter brownie. AJ, I think you're the, the coconut guy, right? I yeah, I get yelled at. I get coconut, but I'm uh, yeah in the cookie dough, which is limited to flavor. But I can't talk about that because I get yelled at. So I'm gonna go with the coconut. Yeah, coconut, and then as you know, Dave loves salted caramel. So folks, head on over to built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-1515 to get 50 percent off your order. LOCKED15. L-O-C-K-E-D-1515 for 15 percent off at built.com. And now we're going to wrap up today's show with AJ Black under AJ Black underscore BC from Locked On Boston College. And AJ, let's talk defense. And before we actually go deep into the defense, I kind of want to ask: There's a player that we transferred over to BC. I kind of want to ask for my own personal, you know, uh, curiosity: How's Jaden Woodby been this season? He's been really good. Um, he's really fit in. Um, it was funny. He talked to me. You know, when he entered the transfer portal, he he sent me a message like, hey, what do you think about BC? And I was like, I can't talk to you about that. Well, here's the guy you can talk to. Um, but he ended up, you know, really fitting in, I think, really well with with the, the scheme that Boston College is going for. Um, you know, BC really wants to emphasize going with five defensive backs as much as possible. And they like to have a safety that can actually kind of, you know, play the safety linebacker role. And he does it perfectly. Um, he had, I mean, he had the play of the game for B other than what Jakovic was doing uh, defensively. He had the play of the game last week for Georgia against Georgia tech. He had an inter- um, you know, Georgia tech was down, I think six, they were marching down. They had the ball at the goal line and then Yates went back and threw a pass and he undercut it and, and intercepted it to win the game. So he's had some big moments. Um, I I've loved him. I, you know, he's a guy they throw in front of the media all the time during our press conferences. So he's a guy we've get, got to know. Um, and he's fit in well with the culture Boston College put together. That's good to hear because actually, what probably was one of my favorite players actually at Florida State. And we, he tragically had that knee injury, I want to say two and a half years ago. And then we saw kind of his, I want to say, aversion to contact, but you could definitely see the burst wasn't there to like initiate contact, initiate tackling. So it actually is really good to hear that he's doing a lot better at Boston College. I mean, I've seen his PFF grades. He's top 10 in y'all's team for a reason. That and with, yep. tack, with a tackling grade at 90.1, that's that's elite in the country. So then let's step over to the entirety of the identity of the defense because Jeff Halfley was the defensive coordinator by trade from Ohio State. And I kind of want to know what exactly does your defense rely on to sort of stop other offenses in their tracks? It's confusing. Confusion. That's what he goes for. Uh, So BC's front line is not over. They haven't had a good uh, defensive lineman since Zach Allen a couple years ago. And then Harold Landry, if you follow the Titans, you know, he, he was their sack leader like five years ago. They haven't been able to replace that. They've got guys like Marcus Valdez, Brandon Barlow, who have been good, but you know they're they're near the bottom in sacks. And the and what Taffley has done, which I really think is is 
kind of talks to how smart he is as a defensive defensive mind is he's not relying on those guys to get home to the quarterback. Cause if he did, this defense would get torched. Um, he, what he's doing is confusing the quarterback with everything behind the defensive line. He's mixing up coverages. He's going, man, he's throwing guys all over the place. He's, you know, dropping back guys. And what it's doing is it's forcing quarterbacks to make uncomfortable throws. And it's made BC's passing defense, the number three passing defense in the country. Um, he's got good uh, secondary help. Um, and injury watch will be something that Florida state fans are going to want to watch for because Brandon Sebastian, their top uh, defensive back has been out the last two weeks. He's been back at practice. They're not sure if he's going to play yet or not. I think he will, but halfway so hard to read with that. But the bigger issue, Josh DeBerry, who's their nickelback and does a million things on their defense. You know, they move him all over the place. He's been blitzing all over the place. He had some sort of injury. It looked like his arm or shoulder uh, against Georgia tech. And he, you know, it looked bad. Halfley says he's hopeful that he'll play. Um, I, I have, I had to say, I, you know, covering since Halfley has been there and going to these press conferences, I cannot tell you who's going to play and who's not because he's so he's, he's worse than Bill Belichick with that. Cause I cannot figure out what he means by some of this stuff. It's not like this guy's probable. This guy's questionable. This guy's doubtful. It's like, we're hopeful. Well, what's that? What does that mean? That doesn't mean that's even worse than questionable. That's even worse than doubtful. <laughs> right. Because you don't know what, like, and the guys that you go in, you're like, oh, you know what he said there? I'm guessing that guy's not going to play. You're wrong every time. You know, like he, He's there starting, you know, Trey Berry. I was like, yeah, he's not playing next week. And there he is. He's in the starting lineup. So those two guys, Sebastian and, and DeBerry are big ones to watch for. DeBerry especially, because I think he's the heart and soul of that defense. Um, if he misses that, they're putting a true freshman out there who, um, you know, CJ Burton Jr., who is a BC's biggest recruit in years, but he's he's not Josh DeBerry. So um, that's something I think be, uh, that Florida State fans will probably want to watch for. Well, that should hopefully be helpful for us because our, our wide receivers have probably been the most, what's the world looking for, disappointing group actually for the entirety of the season. Um, but now I kind of want to ask, because you, you guys actually have faced similar quarterbacks like Jordan Travis. You kind of faced a higher ceiling version of Jordan Travis and Malik Cunningham against Louisville. And you kind of faced a slower and not as dynamic with his arm and Garrett Schrader. How do you think those two games prepared uh, Boston College's defense for Jordan Travis? Do you think that will help them at all, if anything? You know, I think what they're going to want to watch for is the explosives because that was what killed BC against Syracuse. That was what killed them against Louisville. Like, Jordan Yates, the quarterback for Georgia Tech, was was mobile, but they they kept him manageable. They didn't let him run for 800 yards or whatever. Like Malik Cunningham, it felt like they every time he turned the corner, it was he was gone for like 30. You know, so I think for BC, what they got to do is try to keep Florida State being one dimensional. Try to keep the explosives as as minimum as possible, minimal as possible. I know that's a big thing. Halfley always looks at, um, and and really try to keep everything in front of them because. What Halfley has done with his defense is he forces he want his goal is to force defenses, I mean the offense to march down the field and to not make mistakes. And unless you have, you know, a quarterback that can consistently do that, you're gonna fall and you're gonna make a mistake here or there. And that'll push them back. Because when it's third and long or whatever, that defense is not gonna give it up because they're just they're too sound there. But when they, you know, so when against Sam Travis, uh, against Travis, I think they're going to have to, you know, make sure that he doesn't do those big plays that can kill them. Um, and I think that is stuff that they've learned. And, you know, I, I think 
the, a fresher legs with Dracovic back there at quarterback, you know, not, not having to be out there the whole game will help BC uh, stay their defense, stay a little bit better than they had against some of those other teams. So then for those explosive plays that happened against Louisville and that happened against Syracuse, was that primarily due to the mobility of the quarterback? As I know Malik Cunningham, he's got legs for days. And now he kind of has an arm. Schrader doesn't really have the arm, but he has those legs. So what exactly was like the, was it basically you know, allowing the pocket to move and then just, you know, the quarterback just running free? Because that's been Jordan Travis's bread and butter for a while now. And two years ago, actually at Chestnut Hill was kind of yep. Jordan Travis's coming out party where he did run for over 100 yards and two touchdowns. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it has to do more that the defense, like if when it happened, um, it, it happened later in the game, like against when Schrader did it, it was all the third quarter. When when Malik Cunningham did it, it was all the third quarter. So I I think Travis will have those moments, but I think it's it's limiting them. And I think with again like BC, like I I I, I tweeted this the other day. Like I have a hard a real hard time when d- different sites are like, oh BC, you know they're averaging this amount of points. How can they? You know we're going to be better than them. It's like yeah, but you're at your BC from October is apples to BC now, which is oranges. It's so hard to compare it because the Grossell era was so detrimental to everything that BC was doing that the defense, the spe- like everything was just not clicking because the offense was just so dysfunctional and just so it just wasn't, it wasn't working that it, so it just impacted the defense it impacted the coaching and everything just kind of hurt because of that. What I saw last week is more of what I expect from BC and, and, to be fair, the defense wasn't great for to begin the game, but they 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 locked down at different points, and I think that's what ended up helping them win it because they made plays when they needed to. So then, before we you know go into prediction time, then so like, what should the FSU offense actually ca- use to capitalize on said defense? Is it simply the explosive plays, or is there something like certain weakness that you have actually along your defense that we can exploit? I mean, I I have noticed, and I don't know if BC eventually kind of closes it down. I just I had to watch more film to see it, but it seems to me whenever you have a speedier back or a speedier quarterback that can get to the outside, it seems that BC struggles. Like they, you know, when they bounce it to the outside and get to that corner, they can get big plays. It's that when the offense is like, oh yeah, then let's get cute and start throwing the ball again, or let's stick it to the inside where BC can kind of close down that they don't, but. I, I feel like the more outside plays that Florida State can do, bouncing, you know, the quarterback or bouncing a running back out there, you'll get some plays, you'll get some big, you'll get some yards. So then now I want to give your prediction, uh, AJ. How do you see this game playing out all the way up to the final score? All right, so I, I, I think BC's in a good spot. The part that worries me is their defense. If, if, and it's an injury thing. So Isaiah Graham Mobley also didn't mention this. Their new linebacker from um, Temple, who's you know, they're, they, he was leading the team in tackles for a while. He's out. I, he doesn't sound like, he, I mean, it sounds like he's going to come back. Um, it's hard to tell again with halfway. I can't figure that out, but there's so many guys that, you know, they're juggling who could be injured, who could not be injured. I think it's going to be a close game. That being said, Jakovic is playing with, with um, some panache that I have not seen out of him. And Boston College fans don't want to hear it, but there's, you know, they played well last week. He showed some moxie coming back early. I, I get this feeling, and this is where I'm going with this. He plays well against Florida State. They shock Wake Forest somehow. And then he wins the bowl game. And then he, then he marches off to the NFL 
<laughs> which is which is gonna you, suck because oh god that hurts <laughs> yeah because you, you don't want to you want a full year out of him and we have not gotten that yet and i i don't know i get that you know he's older he, you know he's he already redshirted at notre dame and i i get this feeling he's gonna have a big game and it's gonna continue building and then we're gonna have a nice eight and four season and then it's just gonna be like you know bringing any one of the freshmen or something next year so i got bc winning probably like like you know, 38 to 24 or something like that. Ooh, you think we're going to let you, let you guys score 20, 38 points with a man who's got a broken wrist in a, in that oh, damn cold? Okay. Okay. In that damn cold. I mean, he's a northern guy. He's from Pennsylvania. This is his hey, life. Hey, hey, hey. I understand you, bro. <laughs> but, I mean, my thing is it's more that I think this. I'm worried about how this team's going to respond after the emotional win over arch rival Miami. Mm-hmm. But I do think that, that, I mean, the weather will be effective, but also Jordan Travis is like the entire career started off a run that Kendall Bryles and Odell Higgins, when Odell was the interim coach after Willie got fired, to, hey, you know, do what you do best. And he, that's basically how we were all introduced to him two years ago. And it's kind of funny how now we're starting to fully believe in Jordan Travis that now I think it's the perfect, you know, closing the circle, like coming full circle kind of moment. I think the defenses of both teams are going to actually show out a little more in this game. I have, I personally have it. I think Florida State, twenty-four, BC seventeen, maybe twenty. I think it's gonna be that close of a game. Oh man, seventeen points for BC. Yeah, I'm. Listen, listen. The defense. I trust me. I am the conductor of the Adam Fuller hate train, and that man has made me shut up. Adam Fuller's our defensive coordinator, by the way. Yeah. I have been the the conductor of that hate train since he got hired two years ago. But I think he's finally showed something these past few weeks and. We held Miami to 28 points, and two of those points, I don't know if you watched the game, was on a fluky touchdown, and then the other one was in prime field position inside the 30. So to me, they only scored 14 points. And Miami's offense, not to be you know that kind of guy, they're, it's probably one of the most elite offenses in the country with Tyler Van Dyke under center. But, oh, I, oh, come on. I, I, I got to disagree with you, Jared Drake. Tyler Van Dyke is good, but he's a true freshman. Jerkovic's been around the block, and I don't know, man. I mean, I like I've been all in the Miami hype train, but you're gonna see an offense I think that's a, a bit better than Miami this week. I'm I'm telling you right now. All right, all right, I'll, I'll keep this in. <laughs> we'll, we'll have a friendly wager, you know, when we get off camera. We'll see how yeah. we win the team. But AJ, thank you so much for coming by, man. It's always a great time to talk to you. Please right, let man. people know where they can follow your work. All right, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter at LockedOnBC. I'm the host of Locked On Boston College. You can check me out there. You can also find me uh, on um, Twitter as well at AJBlack underscore BC. You can yell at me and tell me that my 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 uh, prediction is way off. I I don't mind. I can handle that. Um, also, I'm the editor and publisher of BCBulletin.com. Check out my work there. I do a final thoughts and predictions on Friday where I'll give you my full prediction. I'll I'll, I'll do my matchup between Florida State's defense and BC's offense and. BC's offense and in Florida State's defense, all that good stuff. Check that out. Also, my beer of the week is out there. Uh, check all that out at bcbulletin.com. You say beer of the week? Beer of the week. I give a beer of the week. I, it, Drizzy, if, if you've got a good one for um for for Florida, I'd love to have a guest picker on there. So uh, I would definitely come on there for that, trust me. But folks, all please check on Locked on BC. We always recommend hearing out these other podcasts before we play the opponent. AJ is one of the best out there. Sorry. AJ is one of the best out there. I'm going to figure out which way I got to point to when I'm doing some video. But for myself, Drake, that was AJ. We'll see y'all next time on Locking Seminoles. Going on, baby. <laughs>